this is uh, our first podcast with uh, Samuel Hoyle, go by Sam, and uh, myself, Danny Strabel. Uh, we, uh, I founded Rack House Whiskey with Sam. Sam's been a part of this uh, endeavor for, what, two years now? Yeah, I would say so. I've lost count of the uh, number of conversations we've had uh, building up to launching Rack House Whiskey Club proper uh, earlier this year. Uh, but it's been it's been a fun experience. Yeah. So Sam is in charge of a lot of things, uh, mostly the social media stuff, the digital marketing, the ideas, the uh, website uh, that he gives input on. Uh, everything that you can really see, Sam's got his fingers in it. Uh, the blogs, all the beautiful photographs that are taken at the distilleries. Um, and he kind of, he manages all the, and directs the videos when we're at the site as well. Um, he took that over because, uh, you've got some experience in the TV world. You've got experience in doing photography and you've got a good mind for telling a good story. Um, so I guess to what we wanted to talk about today was kind of just ask some, tell some stories, tell some questions, answer some questions um based upon rack house and uh this whole entire endeavor yeah so hopefully uh for the folks listening along uh you'll get a better sense of the the people behind uh rack house and really what we're trying to build uh with it um so i mean danny and i would be be talking about these things as we're going and uh i think um part of part of any uh, businesses uh, or organizations success is the way they can tell their own story uh, so that's kind of uh, really uh, valuable for us make sure we tell our story but also the story of all these um, great distilleries that we go and visit and feature um, but as far as uh, kind of how Rackhouse uh, evolved do you want to just talk a little bit just about how the idea came about. I don't think that's something that we've really talked that much about. Yeah. Now, that was asked a couple times at the Des Moines Whiskey Festival. We had a couple people say, you know, why? What's your why? And and how did this get started? A lot, those are good questions. And uh, I always go back to when the idea first sparked is when we were at a distillery down in Florida. And we I got to, you know, at the time, whiskey was just whiskey to, to me. It was... Uh, just a drink that you drank to get drunk, really. Um, it was something that people drank and call. There was no sense of story. There was no sense of of of, of character um, and the work that goes into that whole entire process. Uh, to me, I didn't know anything about it. And then I got to meet the the head distillers. I got to watch the grain literally get you know transported by a wheelbarrow to the mill and see them make the entire process. I got to, you know, see the farm animals that were grazing. I saw the rye fields that they were being grown in and being picked, and I just saw all this craft and care that was being done in this uh, product that I, at the time, didn't really respect as much. And I had their, I had their whiskey before um, I really got to see this entire process, and so I just kind of at the time thought, it's just it's it's i like it it's good i don't know why it's it's just whiskey it all tasted the same to me and then after i saw all of that you know uh you know 
you know, grain to bottle to grain to glass, handcrafted, all that sort of stuff that we get to see um, and meet the distillery, the, the, the distillers and hear their story and where they come from and why they're doing this thing. All of a sudden, I kind of noticed the whiskey tasted different to me. Um, and I just became aware of that sensation of why, why now does this taste like I'm a huge fan of these people now. I just thought like, I, I love these guys. I'm a huge fan. I want to get this. I want to let everybody try this because how cool this story is. And so I kind of found this fascination, um, with other distilleries and I started getting online looking for other stories of why people do this because I know like the beer industry, the craft, you know, beer industry, it's this whiskey's also exploding and I just couldn't find anything on them. Um, I went to liquor stores and I would look at the liquor in the liquor aisle and look at these, um, the whiskey aisle, I'm sorry, and look at these bottles and they were just labels. There was no story attached to any of the liquor there, any of the whiskey and, uh, got on YouTube, looked for stuff, couldn't find it there either. And I thought, man, like there's got to be other stories that are out there that people aren't telling, um, or maybe they can't. So I started to kind of dive in head first on the entire distillery industry to figure out why this isn't being told. And so, you know, I ended up finding out that these smaller distilleries, they don't have the money to spend on marketing and, and making their voice heard. Uh, they, they just don't have the money. All their money goes back into making more of their product. It's just kind of a vicious circle that they get caught in a little bit. Or they sell themselves um, to a big distributor, which sometimes, you know, they're reluctant to do that. Sometimes they, they're not reluctant, you know, and it works out great for them. But it's a huge risk. Um, and so that's when the idea of Rackhouse came about to where we could say we would love to help you with that marketing aspect, provide some of this value that you can't typically afford um, and, you know, do the research beforehand to find these distilleries who are worthwhile. Because I don't know if a lot of people realize a lot of the whiskey that is on the shelves today is just purchased from Indiana and MGP. They blend it, they slap a label on it and they send it out the door. Now, no, I'm not necessarily saying there's anything wrong with that. You know, if it tastes good and people like it, go after then then do it. You know, buy it. That's that's not a that's not what I'm talking about. We're specifically going after those the, the the distilleries that are distilling the whiskey, finding the sources for their grain. Um, you know, there's people out there that are NASA engineers that are making whiskey. There's people experimenting with sound waves on how to age it. There's people, you know, uh bootlegging grandmas, you know, with Iowa Legendary Rye. There's these crazy cool stories that we feel that's worth telling that nobody has ever heard about. I mean, we live down the road from Carroll, Iowa, and I never heard that story. You know, why is that? So that's essentially what we started to think about and thought, well, let's help these guys out. Let's go do the work, find them, tell their story. And then instead of just telling their story through a video or through photography or anything else like that, let's send their actual, let's, let's try and send their actual product so people can try it and maybe they'll get a different, uh, love for it. Um, they'll appreciate it some more. Um, we didn't really get carried away with the tasting notes and, the the flavors we, uh, as much as we want to take care of the story, because I feel, we all feel like the story is what makes the entire whiskey itself um at the end of the day 
really with anything, not just with whiskey, but I feel like stories are important. Absolutely. Um, uh, that other piece that's uh, really important that makes Rackhouse what it is, is that shared experience. So uh, everybody uh, gets the same products that are um, curated uh, each cycle, every 60 days uh, by the head distiller of the featured distillery. Uh, do you want to talk just a little bit about that shared experience and uh, why why that's important rather than just being uh, an online retailer that you can just buy off the shelf? Yeah, um, it's, that's I mean, that's very important because we, we get that question a lot um, where, hey, do you guys have this particular thing or that particular thing? And I always say that we're not a, we're not a liquor store where you can just go in and buy whatever you'd like. And I, that shared experience is important. Um, for many different reasons, but we ultimately want to create a small tribe of people who love to experience new things. Um, this isn't necessarily for somebody who's a, a Jack Daniels lover, um, and that's the only thing that they drink. Um, these are for people who love to try new things, adventure, um, and and learn new things at the same time. And with that, I feel like comes, um, you know, there's also a shared responsibility with it too. People like to know where their things come from. Um, people like to know who was making it, uh, when it was made, where the stuff was grown. Um, that is very important to a lot of people as well. So there's always you're always going to have a shared group of individuals who are going to enjoy that like we do. Um, so, I mean, various things too. It's also exciting for us to be able to share it with a group of people who are as excited about it as we are. You know, it's not very much fun to just do something by yourself. Um, like when we were at the whiskey festival uh, and we ran into uh, Miles. Shout out to Miles Jasha here. Um, he was a whiskey. He was a Rackhouse subscriber, and heck, we spent most of the day and definitely into the night with this guy, uh, getting to share experiences of the places that we went to and then hear about it from his point his angle of, of getting that in the box and his experience with that whiskey and what he learned over the time was just awesome uh feedback to get you know it's it, it was uh it was kind of like seeing a longtime friend that you haven't you know seen in years and then you just catch up and you just talk and talk and talk and talk about a shared experience you know that stuff's fun it's a it's a lot of a fun we meet a lot of new friends that we constantly keep in touch with. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, we're just getting started too. It's the kind of community as well. We're building uh, a community. And I think that shared experience uh, bonds people. Uh, everyone who's signing up is, uh, you know, is there to try uh, these whiskeys that they wouldn't necessarily be able to try in their own state. But because of the way Rackhouse is structured, uh, we're able to ship it out just about uh, everywhere across the nation, about 40 states. Um, so I think that kind of uh, that community, that shared experience is, uh, you know, is really crucial and something that we'll, we have a commitment to. The other part, um, uh, so the name, Rackhouse. Oh, that's big. Yeah, so we sat, We, I mean, with any when you come up with any name, I think sometimes it's easy to overthink a name. Um especially with something that's going to probably stay for the rest of your life, you know? So you want to make sure you give it enough time. So when we were thinking about it, I mean, we did like it. It's like naming a, it's like naming a baby. Um, this, this thing is a child to all of us. We've seen it 
go from nothing to in its infancy, which it's still in its infancy. I'd say right now we're what a six year old uh, as in people years, but um, it really is like naming a human being. And so you do like the same thing any other human being does when they're naming a child. And um, what I loved about it was that in the world of whiskey, it's it's there's there's it crosses borders, uh, you know, quite a bit. There's different ways that you spill whiskey. There's different whiskeys that you can only find in certain countries. Scott uh, Scotch is in Scotland. Bourbon is in obviously. Well, that's another argument. Beck, it could be in a particular state. You go in the east. Um, and southeast, and most people will tell you it can only be made in Kentucky. And other places, it's not even whiskey; it's bourbon, and all blah blah blah. That's the fascinating thing about it. But one thing is, is there's a rick house and a rack house, and depending on where you go, uh, depending on uh, I guess just where you go in the country, or even in certain states and certain distilleries, they're going to call it one or the other. If you Google it, um, you're going to find the same exact thing, and what it is is where all the barrels are are aged. It's the warehouse where all the barrels are aged in. So to me, that's where the stories are lying. When you drink a bottle of aged whiskey, it's almost like you're going back in time. And you think about the historical events that occurred during this time that this whiskey was aging. You think about the own the own the, the distillery's own private story that has occurred and maybe family events and change of ownerships and the way that they do certain things and all these things kind of are, you know, bottled up when they finally do tap into those barrels and put them in. It's all about story. And so when we were kind of, you know, talking about this, we thought it only made sense. And so when it came down to Rackhouse or Rickhouse, what we were going to name it, one or the other, because we knew we wanted to stick with something like that. It, it it pretty much was just what sounded better in our heads at the moment in time. There was nothing that was really thought about too long. It was like, ah, Rick House Whiskey Club, Rack House Whiskey Club. Ah, Rack House sounds a lot better than Rick House. Let's just go with that. I like that more. Because really it's what the meaning of those two things, you know, do and what the, the stories that those things tell at these distilleries, that was the most important. So essentially they're the exact same thing for people who want to know. Doesn't help for SEO though, does it? Having no, to. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Or when we went to Treaty Oak, you know, they've got a big, huge sign that says Rick House this way. And we, <laughs> I, well, we just did a podcast with Matt and he kept calling it Rick House. I said, it needs to be Rack House for this conversation. But yeah, no, that doesn't help too much. But absolutely. You just uh, brought up Treaty Oak. It's the uh, fourth distillery uh, we're featuring, it's our Christmas box. It's it's the big one for December. Uh, do you want to just talk a little bit about uh, our kind of experience? Um, so we heard a bit uh, about the uh, the whiskey and how that was how that's made and uh, and if you haven't had a chance to listen to that, check out previous podcasts. But um, do you want to just share kind of our experience and um, kind of uh, give some flavor to this kind of community we're building? Some flavor to the whiskey. Um, yeah, so we went down there when it was like 105 degrees, I think. Um, it was perfect because that's what you think of when you go to the desert of Texas, essentially. Um, but, uh, you know, as soon as we, you never know what you're going to expect, you know, when you go to these distilleries, you you talk to them on the phone, you can, you seem to put a, everyone puts a face with a, with a voice and, um, you do as much as you can on Google, but it's just not as good as traveling there 
talking to the locals before you get there at the gas station or whatever, and then going to look for it. I mean, the Airbnb experiences that we had there, it all seemed to tie in with the same type of culture that we ran into at uh, Treaty Oak. And we first showed up, and what was there, like 13 people there, um, you know, which is not which is not necessarily what we expect to happen. Um, it was a much bigger place than we thought that it was online. You know, they've got like 30 something acres out there. 60 acres, I think is actually what it is. It's a bunch, um, lots of open ground. And then we couldn't find them at first. We're like, where in the world is everybody? Yeah. We're walking around. We're all scattered. Finally, Brad runs into one of them and they're all bunched into this group and they've got a, they've got a, uh, a whole setup ready for us to try all these whiskeys. It's like 9am in the morning. And, uh, you know, that, that kicked off the entire, it just, you just feel like you can let down a little bit, you know, um, certain distilleries are way more business and that's totally cool. I mean, we can, you can do that too. Some distilleries are more laid back. Some like to have a lot of fun. It just totally depends. And you kind of get a sense when you're there of what kind of distillery that they are, um, the entire time we're there. And, And these guys were a mixture of everything, uh, which was kind of cool because there is a, um, very, uh, uh, it's a more eclectic group of individuals that are there. So that's why you do get that mixture. Like, you know, Ezra being in the Israeli special forces to Matt playing college baseball, living out in the East coast. And Daniel, uh, was, a was a wine expert before he started Treaty Oak. And then you've got, uh, Courtney who was doing, uh, w- went to Cambridge university and got a master's in arts. You know, I mean, there's like, just such a wide variety. There's a there's a guy there's uh, who was uh, um, like d- doing uh, uh, engineering stuff beforehand. I mean, they're just a wide group of people who came together and all put their skill sets together. You know, me and Matt talked a lot about the family aspect that was there. You know, Alice when she when we talked to her, it was like a long my, it was like my grandma that I haven't seen in forever. Um, it was just a, I loved the family atmosphere when we were there, um, and you know. Got drank quite too much. I mean, to be honest with you, when we were down there, they just treated us really well. I think they they ro- rolled out the red carpet. So how it works? We go and uh, we kind of talk with the distilleries. We're like, we love this story. Uh, we really want to feature you. We want to make sure we're uh, finding and featuring uh, a whiskey that's probably one of their their top ones. It's one of the, the ones they're most proud of, and one that uh, is hard for hard to find uh outside of that state or even in this case outside of the distillery yeah and so we'll we'll travel down there we'll um go meet people and this is usually the first time we're meeting them in the in in the flesh and they i think they literally rolled out red carpet from as soon as we got out of the car uh we we met them uh like danny said it was about 9 a.m and i think by 11 we had to remind ourselves we still had to do some filming and yeah uh, all the rest of it. Uh, so you know that that's uh, that's fun when you have a little bit of that extra lubrication. Yeah, yeah because uh, you know there is a side. You know, Rackhouse is a business, um, and when you have so much fun at this, you know, it's it's you quickly can forget that you know we're here to do a job, especially when we're having so much fun. And thank God. We've got uh, guys like you and Alex who are constantly on top of things that are gathering some of that stuff. Um, but, you know, at the same time, too, 
um, we're building re- like long-term relationships. You know, these are friendships that we've built with these distilleries that we want to build for a, the long term, um, because it's a small world. Um, it's a small world, and we want to be a part of the industry. We want to be, you know, hands-on in that, and we we want to be a part of these people uh, and these distilleries that are doing these innovative things um because it's 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 fun it's interesting you know a lot of these distilleries are ahead of their time a little bit um a ton of them are you know when we talk to matt they have the whole graveyard series and they're burying these barrels just to see what it does um you know it's interesting to see how people live and it's interesting to see how people work and they show up every day you know i can't you know, imagine what some of those people, one of the, some of those guys at the distillery would do if they were at the 72nd floor of a tower in a cubicle somewhere, you know, going home every day and drinking, you know, a glass of whiskey, going to sleep, waking up. Do, some of those, some of those guys there, I don't know how they would react in that. I mean, I definitely wouldn't be able to, but my, my whole point to that is, is it's interesting to see how people live, work, play, um, and those guys really do just have a ton of fun at their job. They make and the, and the food too. Uh, it gets, that, that's what saved us. Yeah, they, oh they brought out a whole platter of uh, amazing barbecue, uh, and uh, that definitely helped us. Uh, <laughs> yeah, soak up some of that. Some of that. Uh, yeah, no, exactly. Coming. No, I mean they have so many different things, which is also cool because they can experiment with you know, all these different things. But that's the cool part about all these distilleries that we go to, you know, you come home and you reflect on your time at that distillery, but then you're also just naturally going to compare your experience, not in a bad way or what was fun, what was not fun, but just comparing different distilleries on how they do certain things. Um, and they've all got their own little, you know, idiosyncrasies that they've, that they've got. And they're all super interesting. Like at Iowa Legendary Rye, I mean, we drove all over the place because that story was told over the entire county, you know, over 100 years ago. So we had to go look at, you know, farm ground and some places where certain things uh, used to be. Uh, We found out that there's barrels that are still buried out there somewhere. You know, that there's this story um, that we try to tell uh, is is just so they're they're on different spectrums. um, And that's what's fun about it, because Again, going back to my original thing about whiskey just being whiskey, these different stories that that these distilleries tell, when you taste their whiskey, it makes sense. Like you don't want, you wouldn't think it would taste any different because these person, it seems like these personalities in this, whether it be a history or whether it be the personalities of the people working there, um, it comes out in it. Same thing with the Sotol. I mean, geez, when you go and see what a Sotol plant, what it grows in, and you see where you're at as far as geographically, and then you taste it, it's like you wouldn't, it, it, it shouldn't taste any different than that right there. Like that makes sense. And so that's ultimately what's so fun about it is because everywhere you travel, it really is kind of a geography thing, but then you also get the personalities of the people working there that also come out in it too. Absolutely. Uh, so we're sat uh inside rack house hq <laughs> i can see uh a box the boxes that uh get get shipped out each time uh do you want to talk about uh that kind of experience so if someone signs up so if someone listening they might not have signed up yet uh yeah. what what can they expect well fedex is going to show up and uh hopefully somebody at the age of 21 is there to pick it up 
uh, and you just you sign on their little tablet saying this is this is me. Um, and then you take that box inside and at first it just looks like any old regular cardboard box. And then the cool that we've made it that way intentionally. Um, and you open that box up and then it's, you know, it's a, the full blown, um, unboxing experience. Uh, we've got this box that's designed to look like an old whiskey crate, um, and stuff like that. But inside that box, you're going to get whiskey souvenirs, whiskey gifts directly from the distillery. Um, as soon as you see the box, that's, what's going to be there. Uh, we'll put in there the story of the distillery with a little inf- inf- information um, piece of uh, graphic that will be at the top of the box. Uh, you open that up, the whiskey gifts and souvenirs will be anywhere from a whiskey bag, uh, whiskey carrying bag like Mississippi River sent, to a personally engraved uh, whiskey glass, whether it be a uh, rocks glass. We had a snifter glass this last time around. Uh, could be a shot glass uh, from the actual distillery. Uh, we go to the distillery and we walk through it with the actual head distillers and we say, hey, what would you like to put in there? We go through their tasting room and they 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 pick out what goes in there. You pull out that tray and you uh, get to the, the bottom of it and there's a box that has a little handle on it that's also shaped, uh, 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 colored and designed like a crate, a wooden crate. And you open that up, and there's going to be anywhere between one to two bottles. Uh, we've put in the two bottles every single shipment uh, except one, and that was the Sotol bottle, which is you know ceramic and beautiful. Uh, and uh, that will be in there, and you pull that out, and then you can kind of get the whole experience. You get to read the story on where this stuff comes from. If you didn't catch it on our you know Facebook and website and all the videos and stuff that we do, um, and then you get to try it in the actual glasses that, uh, that came from the distillery or, you know, whatever they sent. Um, as well as the bottles will most likely be autographed by the head distiller, which is unlike. We try to do that to add that personal touch, you know, because they do set aside a personal, uh, you call it a stash on pallets to send through the, distri- the, the distribution um, for us. And these are, these are very personalized to us. And so they... They go above and beyond to autograph the bottles and label them a certain way, um, and then to also put into the box that you don't, you can't get anywhere else. Um, that this is their own thing that they're working on, whether for the future or or something that they've uh, kind of like to keep to themselves. It's kind of their bread and butter, really. So these these boxes are pretty nice. Yeah, uh, I was, they're uh, expensive. Danny, Danny, and I both, uh, you know, we're paid up members. Uh, we yeah. we get the box each time. We want to experience what everyone else uh, who signed up to the club is experiencing. Uh, I have a quick question for you: Have you been able to throw away a single box yet? No, I've got. They're all in this room right here now. Um, there's one in my living room. I've got a little whiskey shelf thing that's in there. Um, no, I have not been able to. Yeah, I haven't either. They're too not. I can't. Nice. I can't put it in. You know, there's a recycling pile full of cardboard. There is no way this box is going in to the recycling. No, pile. and I have like fifty of them. Yeah, <laughs> uh, from you know building them in the past and keeping them. Some of them, I, and I still don't throw them away. Not for any other particular reason. I don't. I, you I, you can't reuse them. Um, the ones that you get in the mail. I mean. Uh, so, so no, I, yeah, I don't know why, but they are just so nice. We spent months and months and months designing this box, um, with different prototypes and different types of, uh, shipping mechanisms to making sure that the stuff inside is protected to 
the actual design of it. Um, you know, there's a lot of other uh, subscription box companies that do a fantastic job with that unboxing experience that I've subscribed to. And some of them we still do my, for my wife and stuff. And that's that was what I always thought was so cool about it was the design of these boxes. Um, and I wanted to make sure that that, you know, we didn't miss any details. Uh, there was this, you know, taking care of the little things. And one of those things is, yeah, we could have sent a $2.50 box to all of our members um, to save money, make money, or do anything like that. We could have done that, but we definitely have not done that. Um, we took the long way around to make sure that, you know, the people who are signing up to get this is as much of an experience as possible. And yes, we have to sign up. I have to sign up. You have to sign up in order to get these things too, because they're all shipped out of Las Vegas. So uh, sometimes I get friends and family members that, uh, whether it be for a holiday or just a weekend get together with the family who think that I'm just the whiskey man. I've just got bottles laying around this area and it's just not true. I, I wish I did, but it's just not true. We, uh, we have to go through the same thing because of alcohol laws. Um, same route everybody else does so um as as far as the box there's uh if you haven't seen it yet there's uh another kind of carry case with so there's a box within a box which makes for a perfect either for a keepsake uh, a gift or if you're going uh to a party or something you can kind of have that carry case exactly. as well so there's kind of uh pretty well thought out the the one thing i mentioned about the packaging the uh trying to find ways to um, make it super unique and memorable and the whole experience and um, part of it uh, with the sotol as well. There were some sotol leaves. So yeah. the leaves they actually make the mash from uh, were inside. So it doubled up as protective packaging. Yeah. And you could also use it as garnishes. Yeah. And I it thought it was smelled cool. good. Yeah. yeah. No, exactly. That was their idea when we were down there. And I thought, this is a no brainer. But even... What was cool, and this is talking again to Miles, uh, you know, when he was kind of giving his feedback on the whole box and experience is nobody knew what Soto was. Um, I mean, how many messages did we get from people saying, you know, is this from the agave plant? Is this, this is a totally different plant. It's not tequila. It's a totally in its own thing. So we had to figure out how we could, I mean, yes, you can try the Soto. Yes, you can hear the story. But like, I think it was so important to get those leaves in the box to Feel it, smell it. Um, hopefully, no one really tasted it. Um, I've heard it does taste good, though. I mean, when when Judd said that, but these were dried out mulch for after it's been through the juice press and stuff like that. And I think that was important to help tell that story. You know what I mean? I mean, we do spend a lot of time on figuring out how to tell that story outside of the box and then going inside of the box too. And we have, you know, there's a lot of stuff that we're still working on to even increase that uh, to make that story better. Um, but yeah, no, that's uh, stuff we try to do every single time. That was a particular case where they had trailers of it, uh, you know, that have already been used. So there was no shortage of it. Yeah, I get. Uh, we're gonna have to ask uh, everyone in the membership, everyone's part of the club, whether they've been able to throw out a box yet. I mm. think that's uh, yeah, that'd be a funny one to find out because obviously we 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 take pride in the work we do and we want to do a good job, but. For uh, sure. Just see if uh, other people are kind of no. That I do. Yeah, it. that handle box uh, is, is 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 cool because again, you can you don't have to carry an awkward box around. You can it's got handles on it, so you can carry that to your friend's house or your parents' house, or you don't have to you carry it to your dang living room. I don't know, but it's uh, 
that uh, was something that we thought long and hard about because that even just that little bit right there took a while to figure out. All right. Anything else to add? What should people uh, know about Rack House that they don't already know about? Hmm. That's a good question. Uh, if you don't already know about us, uh, well, we've got a group of uh, how many do we have now? Five or six of us. Mm-hmm. Um, this team that we've got, um, I think is important to, to talk about from my standpoint, because none of this stuff would, uh, would really happen without everybody working together at it. We spend a lot of time seeking out these distilleries. Um, we spend a lot of time with the distillers, um, at these distilleries, trying to put together a box that you get in the mail. Um, and, uh, you know, we hope that every single time you get a whiskey that you like to taste and enjoy, I can't guarantee that every single time. It's impossible because it's whiskey. I don't like Florida water, but that doesn't mean I don't travel to Florida. You know, like there's uh, whiskey is is what's beautiful about it is that it's different no matter where you get it. And another person's going to love it. And so we love to try to put the best box together. We have a good time doing it. And uh, it's the team that really works long, hard hours at this thing um, to make it all work. So I always try to recognize you guys. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Go to rackhousewhiskeyclub.com. That's it. All right, guys. Uh, like I said, go to rackhousewhiskeyclub.com. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Hope you learned a little something too. Um, we're, it's it's good to know how this whole thing works and where this stuff comes from. And uh, if you guys have any questions um, or concerns or you're, you're, you know, t- share us your story or if you have a really cool distillery that you know about that's nearby – um, or maybe you own, own a distillery, anything like that, go to our Facebook page, Rackhouse Whiskey Club. Go to our website, rackhousewhiskeyclub.com. Fill out a form, contact us, email us, however you can do it. There's a bunch of different ways to do it. Uh, go on there and reach out to us. Uh, we, we'll spend tons of time getting to know you and uh, answering all your questions and needs and, and stuff. So other than that, until next time, cheers and uh, enjoy yourself. <laughs>